Just a couple of days ago, I made a visit to one of the oldest members of our parish here at St. Wilfred's. And we shared Eucharist together. She hadn't been out of the house much recently. And part of that Eucharist was sharing the story that you just heard. And afterwards I said, Margaret, what are your, what are your thoughts on this? She said, well, I've heard this story probably a hundred times, literally. <laughs> it's just what's expected. And then she gave some thoughts about the coming of the, of the Christ child and what that meant to her. But that first comment, well, it's just what I expected. The Christmas story we hear each and every year that we heard again this morning is one that we come to expect. But it's really a story of the unexpected. A baby being born in a manger that is the incarnate Son of God, born to be our Savior, to a poor girl and the man to whom she will marry. So what's unexpected in our lives this Christmas? And how is that unexpected being born in our hearts and coming alive and telling the good news of the incarnate Son of God? Last Saturday, my husband and I went to a Christmas party. And um, I can tell you I wasn't really looking forward to it that much because I didn't know anybody. And I'm about 2,000 miles away from my hometown this Christmas. And, you know, I wasn't really in the Christmas mood. Some of you may have experienced that, something like that this Christmas. And all morning I'd been trying to think about what I was going to preach on here this morning. But my grouchy Grinch mood just wasn't giving me, giving me any kind of Christmas cheer. <laughs> yeah, my husband's back there, and he's nodding. He's saying, yes, that's true. <laughs> we, um, before we went to the party, my husband wanted to let me know about the people that we were going to um, be spending our evening with. And two of them were the hosts of the first part of the party. It was a progressive dinner. Um, Dorothy and Gail were the couple's name. This husband and wife had been married for many, many years. And this past year, Gail took a turn for the worse. I remember my husband going and visiting him in hospital and coming home and saying, Allison, this was one of the toughest days. Gail nearly died, and I could only read his lips. He couldn't even speak. Gail fought for his life earlier this year and came back to life to the point where he couldn't leave his house. He's very susceptible to disease and he can get sick very easily, but he was determined to spend that Christmas evening hosting his group of friends at his home. So my husband said, you know, when we go there, you're going to have to use Purell. You're going to have to make sure your hands are clean. And sure enough, they had a whole, the soap dispenser of Purell at their door. And Gail doesn't shake hands. He fist bumps. So we went to Gail's home, Gail and Dorothy's home. And sure enough, we washed our hands and then we did the fist bump. And I noticed this man who I'd known had come back almost, from almost dead. And he looked kind of somber. He said, Merry Christmas. And I went on and was still looking for 
the wonder of Christmas. Hadn't, hadn't gotten it yet. I looked and there was a Christmas tree in the window. And then I started noticing all the decorations around the house. They weren't Santas. Some people collect Santas. And they weren't candy canes and there weren't a lot of lights. But there were scores of crushes all over the house. And I went around from crush to crush, and I, um, crushes are like this right here, nativity scenes depicting the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ. They were all over the home. So everyone was talking about these scenes, and I went around from scene to scene, and the first one I saw um, that struck me was from Africa. Three very stoic wise men and a tiny baby Jesus all carved out of black ebony. Then I walked around a little bit more and kept seeing these wonderful scenes um, and saw another one from an Inuit tribe. And what struck me about that was the mother Mary holding her child close and they were all wrapped up in fur, keeping cold or keeping warm from the cold Arctic winter. And then one of the last ones I noticed, the one I think I liked the most, was um, a set of Russian nesting dolls. And on the outside were the angels, and as you got closer and closer, you saw the whole Christmas story. And at the center was Mother Mary, and at the very center, Mary was holding the baby Jesus. Well, I thought that was my Christmas sermon. (laughs) All of these wonderful depictions of the birth of Christ, they're from all around the world, you know, really saying something about the birth of Jesus and beyond, about this man who came to be our Savior. And I thought about all the babies that had been born this year and how they had taught us a little bit about what the incarnate God was all about. Um, I remember the look in Father Michael's eyes when he told me that he was going to be a grandfather. And whenever he conferred with Dick and Nancy Zeleznikar, who are now in their 70s, parishioners here at this church who welcomed a surprise, their first grandchild this year. And I thought about my friend at home, the first of of our friends who um, told the good news of great joy at the coming of the birth of her baby girl that came a month early at four pounds, eight ounces. And the emails I got, kind of like I'm guessing the shepherds heard from many people, (laughs) scores of emails with the photo album, with 257 photos of the first week of Ainsley's life. (laughs) That's right. And then... I thought about when I was standing right here and one of the most profound blessings of my year was when there was a family of five and I knew there was a sixth and I was handing out communion to the Dakin family and I wondered, well, where's baby Maxine? She must be with her grandmother. She must be in the nursery. And then I looked down and right at, at Erica's stomach and chest area, there was this wiggle <laughs> And I had the privilege of blessing that baby girl for the first time as she gathered and we all gathered to celebrate the resurrection of our Lord. I thought that was my Christmas sermon. (laughs) 
And then we all gathered together for carols. Now I looked at Robert and I said, why are we caroling now? That's what we do at the third house. <laughs> I had it in my mind what was going to happen in the evening. And I looked over and Gail had asked to sing some Christmas carols. So we all sat in a circle and there was a woman at the piano and somebody brought the songbooks out of the car. And we sat in this home at this Christmas party with depictions of the birth of our Lord all around us. And the first song we sang was Santa Claus has come into town. <laughs> and we sang it and, you know, I was enjoying the singing. And afterwards, Gail said, I used to always sing that in the barbershop quartet. A man who couldn't speak months ago. And then we sang, O come all ye faithful. And Gail's eyes lit up even more. He tilted his head back. He had a, I think it's called a stoma. But he sang with all of his heart. And then we finally sang Silent Night. And it was then that I realized this is the truth about the coming of our Lord. The only place in the Synoptic Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, that we ever hear the word Savior is in this morning's passage from Luke. How wonderful that the place where we hear the word Savior for the only time in Matthew, Mark, and Luke is at the coming of a vulnerable child that needed others to live. How wonderful that our Savior needed each of us, needed Mother Mary to come into this world and save us. How is Christ being born in you? The psalm this morning said, Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the whole earth. That's what Gail was doing that Advent evening last week. He was finding the place in him where Christ was born. It was a part of his true self. It's in all of us. I ask you this evening, or this morning, excuse me, to think about where the Christ child is being born in you. And as we move into this time of Eucharist, to think that it's not only in the young, the strong, the powerful, that the majesty and the wonder of Christ is being born. It's in the vulnerable, the weak, the places in our heart that we thought would always be dark, but are brought to life by the baby Jesus, the Lord who came to die for us and to rise again to new life. Merry Christmas to you all. Amen.